Lord. Well, it's a great day in the house of the Lord, and we just bless all of you today that I wish I could bless you here, but we bless you there. And um, this is an incredible time that we're in. You know, this is the last two services that we're going to be actually conducting as Austin Cathedral before we transition to one chapel. We all hope to be here together and celebrate a life well spent, so to speak, and uh, rejoice in the things that God has done in this house over the years. But we're, this is what it is. So we're on live stream. Next week, we're going to have our final service. We want you to tune in because we are going to begin to we want to recognize all of you that have played such a vital role in the church and in our lives. You know, this is an incredible time we live in. And uh, not only what's happening in the world around us, we all understand that to some degree, but what's happening in this body, what's happening with the people of Austin Cathedral and One Chapel you know, we, we should stop and really thank the Lord because the opportunity to do something that's not hardly ever done, and maybe it's done more than I think it is, but I, I think it's pretty rare when people come together to blend their hearts to be, to be one. You know, the last um, year or two, there's been a stirring in my spirit that it was time that I began to move into a different role and didn't want to leave the church um, the ideal thing was to have a successor. And when I started talking with Ross in last May, instantly we clicked and we felt something, there was a, an anointing on uh, our relationship. And they were looking for a building and I was looking for a pastor. <laughs> and uh, and uh, little did we know at the time, because it, originally it didn't start out this way, but over time as we've gotten to know one another and love each other and trust one another, we've begun to understand the deep ramifications of our future. And, you know, we're not going to spend a lot of time these two weeks focusing on what we were, but we're going to begin to focus on who we're, who we're becoming. Yeah. Because we always have to understand that God doesn't want us to stop or put, a, put up our camp. He said, the Bible said, give him no rest until Zion be established a place on the earth. And so our heart is to press on to this next step. And, you know, it's kind of strange, I guess, to both of us, but, you know, I'm kind of excited about being able to call you my pastor. And uh, believe me, <laughs> that's very liberating. That may be more exciting for you than me. I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've never had more, I've never had counseling in 50 years. Now I'm looking forward. You've got, you've got a nice couch in your office. Well, so I, I do have a good couch. You can come and lay down anytime. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I've, all of you that are listening today, I know all of you have got to make your own decisions on what you do, but we're encouraging you to plug into One Chapel. You know, Sue and I and the rest of the team, we're so impressed with these guys. We've spent some time at their campus with their leaders, and Sue and I went away from that one meeting. Just, I said, Sue, what does it remind you of? And it, she said, it's, they remind me of servants, people that are hospitable, people that are focused on the, the vision, the purpose, not just on themselves. And um, so it's easy for me to say, you're our people. You're our people. And as we've gotten to know your leaders and you guys have leaned into us, it's just been an incredible, incredible time. We're the most vulnerable time of our life, really, where we're at. Yet for you guys to come in and, and cover us and love us during this transition, knowing how difficult it was going to be for us. Uh, a lot of people have seen me cry a lot and, and <laughs> say crazy things. But this is, this is wonderful. 
And uh, so we're glad you're with us this morning. I encourage you, while I'm thinking of it, um, One Chapel has our services at 9 a.m. Uh, on Sunday mornings. So next Sunday morning, before you tune in here at 1030, go to onechapel.com and listen to the live stream. Then after that, that's where we're going to be uh, every Sunday on live stream and hopefully soon back together as a people. So this is Ross Parsley. And uh, most of you have already heard Ross or know, know of him. And uh, I just want to uh, thank you, brother, for your friendship, your faithfulness. Your wife, Amy, is over here in our big crowd this morning. A crowd of 10 people. We're not violating the law. And um, it's, so, it's so wonderful to have you as part of our lives. And we're so looking forward to this next step of what Austin Cathedral, uh, the prophecies that God spoke over this house well, actually, this is a time of fruition. It's a time it'll come forth. So I bless you, Ross, and we'll just let you take it, and I'll jump back in when you want me to. Yeah, I want, I want you to jump back in here anytime you want, because I, I really believe that um, as we have gone through this process that you and I have discovered something about our roots, something about our connection, something about our history that makes it so that I am so grateful to be a person who you could hand a baton to, that we could, as a two groups of people, come together as the Big C Church. You know, yes. the Big C Church is big. Right. And, uh, and so there's room for everybody in God's house. And I, you've, your team has loved us. Your team has helped us, encouraged us as we've worshiped together, as we've prayed together on a few occasions. And we're just so grateful uh, to be in this journey with you. I know it is a difficult journey for some. I do know that there is a sense of uh, sort of loss, but I also know, and I have a deep belief in my heart that there is something really, really good around the corner. And I believe that what God's done here continues in a very powerful way, only with some other, some new people, some other people who haven't been here yet, and that's going to increase over the next few months and years. More people showing up here and experiencing what God's been doing here for 30, 40 years. And I believe that. I think that's God's plan. I think that's God's purpose. I think it's his desire. And so I'm, I'm thrilled to be here, uh, you know, by streaming. It's incredible to be able to gather in this way. I just want to remind all of you that whether in caves or cathedrals, Church has been ga- churches have been gathering for centuries in little small groups, little small houses, villages, in huge churches. No matter what happens, no matter what goes on in our culture, no matter what um, uh, what kind of tyranny has afflicted the church, no matter what has happened through the years, no matter what kind of corruption, Jesus maintains his role as the head of the church. And people have been meeting like this. And we're just figuring out another way to contextualize here in our current cultural moment. And I'm so grateful to be here. This is great. Amen. You know, I was thinking, uh, so a prophecy by Sean Bowles just came out. And he said that in this hour we live in, the churches that are just informational right. uh, are going to disappear. Mm-hmm. But churches that engage, mm-hmm. the virtual mm-hmm. side, mm-hmm. such as live stream Zoom, all the things that we do, uh, these churches are going to prosper. Because he says, I feel like going forward out of this crisis, 
this interval time we have, the church is going to change the way it functions. And uh, so that's what really struck me with you guys to see how you're engaging the community, yep. engaging your community and the people in the church. Yep. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's, it really is true. There's a shift that's happening and we all felt it. Let's be honest. Every church in America knows there's a shifting going on in our churches and in, in what God is trying to do in our country. But I think this moment sort of enhances and increases what God was trying to do because the real relationships will last. The reality of a connection with God and a connection with other people is going to last. And I think my suspicion is it may even deepen. It may even deepen because we're not just, we're not just uh, going to a church and sitting in rows. We're also having to, during this time, simply sit in circles. And all churches have to sit in circles if they're going to be real disciplers, if they're going to be real fellowship, if it's going to have real relationships. And so I am thrilled with kind of where we are, even though I, I think it's uncertain, even though I know people are afraid. And, I, and I've had my own moments where I've been concerned. And I don't know if you saw this, but um, I saw a post and I was going to show it to you because I thought it was so funny. Reasons to, um, reasons to want church online. All right, here it is. Ready? Number one, no parking. That's pretty awesome. Number two, refill your coffee anytime you want. Uh, Number three, relax in your pajamas. All right, that's good. But here's the one I don't like. Number four, you can mute the pastor. (laughs) You can mute the pastor. pastor that's not a good thing so 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 this online thing is a real blessing during this moment but it is not the end of the church as we know it I think God's going to do something profound and I think he's going to he is doing something in my heart about who I'm connected to how well I'm connected and and really putting me in a position to really meet the needs of my neighbors which I think is what God has always wanted us to do you know it's uh during this time, it's, we understand how the kingdom of God is built. It's not built with brick and mortar. It's not built with doctrine. Mm-hmm. It's built by relationships. Yeah. And it's, the relationships are the things that flourish throughout history. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're becoming. We're becoming a people. Mm-hmm. And so to me, as hard as this is for all of us, you know, especially me, I'm a senior citizen. <laughs> you know, I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to not even be here this morning. I'm supposed to be hunkered down in my house. We are a little closer yeah. than six yeah. feet, so yeah. I know there's a, yeah. there's a thing. Yeah, there. I've been, I've been, trying to I've be been, careful. been watching for we symptoms. Did, we did not hug this morning. We yeah. have only touched elbows, yeah. so just so you Yeah, know. I won't tell you what he said to me Friday when we met at the One Chapel <laughs> building, but um, I'll tell you later. Uh, this is the church's greatest hour. I really believe that. I love what's happening, to be honest with you. I mean, we may be all thinking, this is horrible, but in retrospect, we're going to look back on this day and say, this is the beginning of something the church has never walked in before. Mm-hmm. And so I get ready for a massive harvest because not only is this bringing us together as a people, mm-hmm. it's evident what's happening with us as the believers, but what is it going to do for all the people in the world that are seeing all this fear and all this uncertainty of their future Many of them are going to turn to something they haven't turned to before because they can't trust in 
in their money. They can't trust in their job. They can't trust in even living in society with the way they've been living, but now they can have the opportunity to trust in the Lord. And so that's when we really become the light of the world. And so this thing of connection is connecting people. And I think we're going to have a great growth of connection out of this. And so I think it'd be great if we set up some kind of a these rooms that we're talking about to actually bring the new people into mm-hmm. like an evangelistic. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think there's all kinds of innovation that we need as the church of Jesus Christ to keep making sure we are where the people are, that we're not cloistered away, that we're always where people are. And that's part of why we have to be, have a great online presence and why I think the Lord has been speaking to us about how much we invest in that place, this place where people are all the time. And especially right now, this morning, it just you're talking about these things, you know, and how people are full of fear. I, if you want to listen to my message that I preached at onechapel.com, you can go to onechapel.com and, and I, I shared this idea about the story from Matthew 14, where Jesus, um, he goes by boat and, and he's, he's going to a place to be in a solitary private place because John the Baptist has just been killed. That is very heartbreaking to him as his cousin and all that kind of stuff. And there, there's all this stuff on, on Jesus's heart, but he gets there and all the people have run around, right, to receive from him. And he hangs out with them. Instead of being by himself, he, he meets their needs. And that's where the multiplication of the loaves and fishes are. But then immediately, just for a few verses down, he sends the disciples back on the boat. And he goes up to a mountain to pray and to be alone. And I think what he was doing was, he was in, in the middle of his disappointment with, and grief with losing John the Baptist, right? There's a friendship there. Jesus was fully engaged in his relationships. There was a, he, he knew that the next steps of his ministry were starting to ratchet up. That he knew what was ahead of him, but I think it is entirely possible that he was wrestling with fear. We know he landed at the Garden of Gethsemane asking his father, is there another way to do this? I think he was, because listen, that may sound strange to you, but let me tell you that fear, being afraid is not sinful. Letting fear control you, that's where all the danger is. And what people need is a calm person, you, me, to reflect the calm that I think Jesus had when he fed the 5,000 and then when he sent the disciples back across the water. I want you to remember this passage. He, he, the, the wind stirs up, they're having a hard time rowing and several hours later, it says almost by morning, Jesus comes and what is he doing? He's walking on the water. Now, just think about this for a second. If you had to get to a group of people that were struggling in a storm and the wind and the waves, would you be walking? Wouldn't you be running? Wouldn't you and I, like, we get there as soon as we can because this is really, this is a deal, like wind and rain and stuff. And I'm, I'm, Jesus wasn't trying to get there. He wasn't trying to be quick. He was slowly, I mean, think how weird this is, slowly walking in the middle of that wind. He wasn't worried. He wasn't, he wasn't consumed by fear, even though he probably had to wrestle with it. He knew that the disciples were going to be okay. And so he walked through the storm with a calmness. 
I just want to encourage all of us. We've got to find our place of peace. Got to find our place of worship, place of prayer, place of, of gathering with other people online during this season so that we can be the calm voice of God, the peace of God that he wants to speak through us. And I just want to encourage you in that way because it's on my heart. And I think people are afraid. I think they're full of anxiety. They don't know what's going to happen. The stock market's going crazy. Everybody's like wondering how is this all going to turn out? And I think we got to, I think we have to be the people of God in a powerful way. Amen. You know, one of the things I wanted to remind us of this morning is to keep our focus in the right place. You know, if you sit around and watch the news all day, you're going to get depressed. You're going to get anxious. You're going to become fearful. You know, maybe watch just enough of the news to kind of to get be a informed. little, a little bit of informed. information, but don't just sit there with the news channel all day. That's, that's right. It'll drive you crazy. That's right. And so the thing that I found is that we turn our attention to the Lord. You know, when we gaze into the Lord, uh, there's something that transfers back to us, his presence. And yep. so it's in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Yep. In the presence of the Lord, fear is dispelled. So we don't, we don't look to the things of this world to draw our strength. We keep looking to the Lord, the author and the finisher of our faith. Our help comes and it comes from the Lord. And so I, I find in myself, you know, it's, you know, you're sitting there you're, all day, you're thinking, well, all this stuff comes through your mind. So I just spend a moment just focusing, just worshiping. And it's amazing. The presence of the Lord will literally drive out all that stuff out of your spirit and positions you then to, to minister, not only survive, but to minister effectively. So, wow, we've got, we've got access to for the blood of Christ. We have access to the father. And I also believe in this time of, uh, social distancing, what they're really after, I wish they wouldn't call it that because it's really physical distancing that they're after, right? I don't think God wants us to be distant socially. That's why we have to gather online. That's why we have to do this. That's why we have to get, like our church just purchased a hundred licenses for Zoom. That Zoom is this meeting gathering uh, um, platform and and we just said, we're all in. We are going to make sure that we meet together, that we connect with each other. You want to you wanna join with somebody in a group online right now? Uh, you can go to onechapel.com and check out the groups page. Um, there's people going to be meeting all over the city. And, and I, want, I guess I want you to know that you're invited. You know, we, we've been invited by you to come and to purchase this building. Like we really talked about that a lot. And then there was another discussion about, can we really do this together? And, I, and I've become convinced that we can and we will. And I want, I want to make sure every person feels like they are invited and connected. And it reminds me of one of my favorite passages. And this is kind of what I want to share today uh, with you guys uh, from my heart. And it is, um, it is Psalm 68, 6. And it is this really important verse that I think defines what God's doing in the world today. It says, God sets the lonely in families. God sets the lonely in families. People who are on the fringe, people who are on the outside, people who can't connect, people who are stuck in their houses, people who are full of fear, people who are lonely. This is what God is doing and we have to like be aware of it. We have to be ready for it. We have to be open to it. We have to be connected to others because you never know who God's trying to put in your family. Like I never would have thought that God was putting Bill Hart in my family, <laughs> right? Or, or that we, now we, we were already, we were already part of an extended family, right? Because, because that's what all believers are. 
But there's something really powerful about this idea. And I, I want to read how the Apostle Paul describes it in the Message Bible. And I want you to just talk with me about this for a few moments. Because I, I have something that I want to share that, about what we're trying to accomplish at one chapel with the purchase of this building. And just what's in my heart. And I want to share that a little bit. But the Apostle Paul describes it like this in the Message Bible. This uh, Eugene Peterson, he translated this. He was a brilliant guy and translated it into street language. Here's what he said in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. He says, God is building a home. He's using all of us, irrespective of how we got here, in what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you. Fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. Which I love that. We kind of launched a few weeks ago an idea called... um, um, we, we wanted to say it in a way that helped people understand why we're building this building. So we c- called it a place to call home. If you look at Austin, if you, anywhere in any group, you will, and you say, who's from Austin? You'll find relatively few people that are actually from here anymore, which means everybody's trying to find a place. Everybody's trying to find a group of people where they can belong. Something drew us to Austin. Something drew you here many, many years ago. I believe it was God's purpose and his plan for this city and for the nation. And I think that purpose continues. Listen, make no mistake. Don't complain about the traffic. God has a plan for bringing all these people here. 50,000 people a year, he's bringing them and they're coming, they're getting jobs. It's not just about economy or, or health or, or, uh, or uh, good living. It's, it's not just about taxes. It is about there's something God has in mind and I want to be part of that. And so I want to create a place to call home. In one sense, one chapel was couch surfing for about 10 years. 10 years. We were like, just like in a commercial office building. We were, we were at movie theater. I, I remember driving through, driving through the city. God, where do you want me to be? Where do you want me to be? I didn't, I didn't know where he wanted us to create a place to call home. I said anywhere but a movie theater. And so in September of 2010, we started in the Barton Creek Square Mall movie theaters. And it was so good for us, Pastor Bill. We didn't know where we should belong. Just like we didn't realize this would be a place where we could belong. But God always has a place. He always has a purpose. He always has a plan. And so I I think very often it is not what we thought it was going to be. You've experienced that. It's not what you thought it was going to be. But it is going to be something so good. Do you want to say something about that? Yeah, I could say something about that. You know, we have a little motto outside, what happens here affects the world. Yeah. And when God sent us here to Austin in 84, we had a mandate, and that was to take dominion over the powers of darkness over the city, because there was a lot of spiritual oppression Mm -hmm. here, and our church grew very rapidly, um, fastest growing church in Austin. Mm. We, one time we'd have 100 people here on Friday mornings praying, 6 a.m., for months and years, and... um, uh, 
a lot of them came just because we had breakfast at the end. But, <laughs> but food always works. But the Lord has spoken to my heart years ago that, uh, in fact, in 1973, a prophecy came that that out of out of Texas would come forth a mighty move of God, be like the line of the tribe of Judah. Yeah. And so when the Lord sent us to Austin, we really feel like that we were going to be a part of that. We're going to be part of something that could actually change, transition, help change the world. No, no individual church obviously is, right. does have that mandate, Absolutely. but we as a people do. Absolutely. And so in this unity between us, mm-hmm. where it started, yep. and that extends to the family, yep. is to me, a demonstrable thing that will literally speak so much in the body of Christ. I had a pastor call, texted me last night. He said, Bill, what you're doing will affect this city. Mm. And I've heard that from several. Mm. One of the leading pastors is uh, retired now, but the, the word that's come that the unity, mm-hmm. the unity is the most precious thing the Lord has because yeah. it's the unity that he said, the unity, Lord, we have. I want them to have this also. Yes. And that's what I think we're experiencing. And yeah. I think we're on the, only on the cusp of it. I think it's going to get so deep. That, I don't think we yeah. know what's ahead. Like, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. I think, I think we both sense a sense of uh, faith and, and real power that God's going to display through this. You know, John 17 is the namesake that what you just quoted for one chapel. And I know you've taught on that a lot. But one of the things that I like to emphasize is the fact that you know, even as Jesus was praying that, he said, Father, make them one like you and I are one. And we could talk a long time. There's three sermons right there about how we're supposed to be one with God like Jesus and his father were one. That's incredible. But he gave a reason for it. He wanted them to be one together with unity so that the world would believe that Jesus was who he said he was. I believe there's something that we can do that has spiritual implications, our unity, our love for one another. And listen, you you can watch this in a live stream. You can see us on a stage together. You can see us publicly and and, and there's nice things we can say about each other and you can kind of look at all that and if there was stuff under the surface there that made that maybe not as true as it needed to be and we were just trying to get you to do something like I think people smell that I think people smell it there is there is nothing further from the truth we're still learning about each other we're still gonna grow together there there will be some bumps along the road as we work together as one church but I I'm just telling you this is a powerful spiritual decision and I think it has repercussions in the physical world because of unity and that the power to speak with the same voice that God wants to give every church in this city to speak with the same voice about who Jesus is and what he wants to do and how good he is. And so I'm committed to that. You know, you know the scripture tells us that, um, that this oneness will literally create the whole dynamic of what God wants to release on the earth. And as we join together as one, uh, we've determined as a people, our leadership especially is determined to come in and we're going to live, we want to live the example of that with you guys. Because I begin to realize that oneness is simple to some degree if it's just 
meeting with people that all agree with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. and even then it's difficult. But, yeah. but yeah. What, what happens when you join with the people that you don't know? Yep. You don't have a background with them. Uh, you just have a casual acquaintance, but all of a sudden you join your spirit with them. Yeah. What a testimony that becomes. It, and it, it literally becomes an explosive force. Yes, and it's what's needed in every city in America for churches across their own stylistic boundaries or their denominational mindsets or whatever or non-denominational mindsets, right? right. We've got to have one message yeah. And his name is Jesus. And if we can speak and agree together, if we can actually move together, like with, with uh, campaigns or reaching out or spiritual awareness or, or acts of service, if multiple churches will do this together, and this is what I believe in, this is what One Chapel participates in. We just talked about partnering with ADRN this morning. ADRN is called Austin Disaster Relief Network. It is essentially a network of churches. You, you're part of that. So... I just think that's a powerful idea. There's an, I love, I love that language. There's an explosive force. I want to create that everywhere that we connect, everywhere that we can, can in our two churches as we're moving forward. And I want to, I want to say a few things about what we see in our own hearts as we look forward, because I think some of these things will have uh, there you'll you'll have echoes of what God has spoken to you in these things right and uh, there is a moment when um, a man who has a mantle has to give that mantle to the next generation and I see you willing to do it I see you understanding what it means I hear you, I hear it in your language. I hear it in your prayers and I want to live up to it, right? I think that's the goal. A multi-generational church has both functioning at the same time, right? Something that has been prayed for for a long time and something that is being executed now and a dream for the future. Every multi-generational church has to have those components functioning in it. And I think this is a moment for us to demonstrate that. And so I believe that God wants us to build a home that gives a new definition to it. For you, for me, for, uh, for the, the city of Austin, for these neighborhoods that are surrounding us. I'm committed to that. And it's not just a home for us. It's not just a home for me and Pastor Bill. This isn't our home. This should be a home for people who are lonely. This should be a home for the people who are trapped in their homes right now with cabin fever, trying to figure out how they're going to like function. People who are full of fear in the stock market. This needs to be a place where they know they can come and they'll find something. And so I want, but I want it to be even more than that. Like I think there's something about being a place where people can gather as a community. Like think about Girl Scout meetings. Think about the uh, respite training center for foster families. Think about uh, hosting dialogues on, on race or on uh, how to live in, in some kind of 
world where we love one another, even though we're really different. Think about providing a, a, a place for voting, how important that is. Think about uh, food pantries, any number of things. Listen, and you, you might say to yourself, oh, we've done a bunch of these through the years. We're going to do it again. And, 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 and you're, com- you're, 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 you're th- hooking up with a group of people who've had to be really innovative because we ain't had no place to do stuff. <laughs> We, we, we've been meeting in commercial office buildings and movie theaters and, and, and something we're, we have an innovation in our hearts at the very heart of our church as a church plant. And that's why we've planted more campuses. And that's why we believe we have a vision for 10 because we can put a church anywhere. We don't have to have this building. We just think it'll be really useful for what God wants us to do in the future. And so we think that God's going to put that together and we're going to do some of the things you've done and we're going to innovate from what has been done to more things and different things being done for the sake of the gospel in 2020. And not just 2020, but for the next 10 years. Think about it. We're only 10 years away from 2030. Think about that. Wow. I've been thinking about it a lot. Yeah, I bet you have. <laughs> I bet you have. <laughs> You're going to be here to see it. I believe that. And this is, we have a saying around our church. We, we help people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. And we think everybody, whether you've been a Christian for a long time or you just met Jesus, God wants you to move towards him because there's more to experience and so I think there's something really powerful about permanence, right? Like we can put a church anywhere, but when you find a place that has permanence and you're going to put roots down, even better when there's already some roots there that have been producing fruit. And you get that together, something powerful is going to happen. And we're going to launch new campuses from this place. I believe that. We're going to plant churches from this place. We're going to send people. We're going to create new ministry initiatives that will take the gospel to every man, woman, and child in this city. They need to have repeated, uh, under, repeated opportunities to understand and really know the gospel of Jesus. And we're going to do that from here. And I want, I really, what I really want to encourage you in, if you're on this live stream together from Austin Cathedral, I, I really want to encourage you that we want you to become part of us. We know, we know we got our own hangups. We got our own issues like any family. But I believe that if God sets the lonely in families, then surely two families that love God deeply can learn to live together, right? Like, like I really think this is a pivotal moment for one chapel. And I know it's a pivotal moment for Austin cathedral and it's a pivotal moment to hand the baton away. And, and as we, you know, one of the things that happened to us here in this moment is we launched a little campaign called a place to call home. And we started raising money for the renovation. We have, yeah. pl- we have money to buy the building, but we want to renovate it and make some things our own. And, and we're talking about that. And, um, and so we, we, we launch a campaign and then the stock market goes in the toilet yeah. and then everybody gets locked up at home. And then our economy is just going crazy. I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> I don't know how this is all going to work out, but I believe that when the body of Christ gets together and pulls together. You can do stuff you didn't know you could do. And I want to read just a passage um, 
If you want to say anything about any of that that I just said, can I read this passage? You can read the passage. Because yeah, I'm, I'm I'll, aware I'll, I'll that you've got you. always something to say. I know. I'm, rest, I'm restraining myself. That's good. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So it's, it's Exodus 35. Exodus 35. And this is where the first tent of meeting was being constructed. The very first one with Moses. And in verse four, it says, Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who's willing is to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver and bronze, blue, purple, scarlet yarn and fine linen, goat hair, (laughs) ram skins, dyed red, another type of durable leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense and onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastpiece. All who are skilled among you are to come and make everything that the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle with its tent and its coverings, clasp frames, crossbars, posts and bases, the ark with its poles and atonement cover and the curtain that shields it. <gasps> the table with its poles and all its articles and the bread of the presence, the lampstand is for the light of the accessories, the lamp and the oil for the light, the altar and its incense, the poles and the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, the curtain for the doorway. It goes on and on. Can you say that again? I can't, I can't. That's the only, time, that's the only way I can say it. The curtains... There's so many things. And it's really interesting when you think about the tent of meeting was a place that was made to move. One of my great concerns is that as a church plant, we'll get a building and stop moving. Stop moving with God. I don't ever want to stop moving with God. I don't want this building to make us look in. I want this building to make us look out. I'm committed to that. And I think it's hard. I think over and over again, statistically, you see it in churches. They, they, a church finally gets a building and then, then the pull to be internal becomes really strong. And I think we have to resist that. But anyway, here's, here's what happened. This thing is made to move. And the whole Israelite community withdrew from God's presence then. And everyone who was willing, say willing, yeah, you're the only one I can talk to and say that. So I'm willing, say willing. willing. Okay, then, and, and the, whose heart moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work of the tent of meeting, for all its service and for all the sacred garments. All who were willing, men and women alike, came and brought gold jewelry of all kinds, brooches, earrings, and rings and ornaments. They all presented their gold as a wave offering to the Lord. Everyone who had blue and purple or scarlet yarn or fine linen or goat hair, ram skins dyed red or the other durable leather brought them. Those presenting an offering of silver or bronze brought it as an offering to the Lord and everyone who had acacia wood for any part of the work brought it. Every skilled woman, I love this verse, every skilled woman spun with her hands and brought what she had spun, blue, purples, scarlet yarn or fine linen and all the women who were willing and had the skill spun the goat hair. They spun the goat hair. The leaders brought onyx stones and other gems and mounted it on the ephod and the breast with the hell. Anyway, the point is, they all brought stuff. Everybody, and I told my church a few weeks ago, I said, look, what we need to take from this and what we could take from Exodus 34 and 35 and 36, as you look at it as a story, uh, they're highlighting, God is highlighting to them the Sabbath. You got to take time for me. Pray, rest, worship. You got to have that as part of your life. Mm-hmm. And, and so everybody needs to pray. Everybody praying, everybody giving something and everybody serving. Amen. 
And I just believe that's how a church is supposed to work. And I want to invite all of you at Austin Cathedral to go with us on this journey if you're willing. Everybody offering themselves. And I want you to notice what it said in that passage. It said everybody who's willing. Mm -hmm. Everybody who's willing. I think only God can do that in the heart of a person. We can force people to come to church. Pastor Bill could convince you to come try it, right? Like, because we're different people. We have a little different ethos, but, but we, we, we believe deeply in the same God and the same Holy Spirit and the same presence and power of God. We have lots of overlapping places yes. for sure. Amen. But I think this willingness is something that God does in a person. Yeah. If you invite your neighbor to church, they may freak out the first time they come with you. Yeah. But God begins to do something, begins to move something. It says there's a, like, there's a willingness. Hey, I'd like to go back there. I didn't know what that was all about, <laughs> but I, 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 something, I have a willingness. I think the same thing. We can never have a church or a community full of people who are forced to do things. It doesn't work. It's been tried by lots of Denominations. It's I've been tri- tried. I've tried it a couple of times. Tried, I've tried it a yeah, couple of yeah. times too. Yeah. It's like, you guys got to do this. You force me. It, it never works. Hey, can I tell you something? Jesus never forces anybody. Right. What a mess that would be. Right. Jesus only changes a person's life by permission. Amen. Man, he'll chase you down for sure. He'll, he'll be at every turn, every, every time something happens. He's there. He's waiting. He's ready. The Holy Spirit is working for sure, yeah. working on people to draw them to the Father. But they have to decide. That's the only way Christianity works. It doesn't work inside some kind of top-down forcefulness that gets people to do stuff. I get new Christians at, at, at one chapel and they'll come in and be like, oh, I'm a Christian now. I got to do, do this and I got to do this and I got to do this. Oh, you're missing the gospel. Right. That's not how it works. It's an inside out job. You come with willingness, God starts cleaning you up. Mm-hmm. You come with willingness in the moment, and this is what I believe. Jesus ended his life, right? Mm-hmm. Draped over a rock, Garden of Gethsemane. He was praying. We just talked about it a second ago. He was praying Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not my will. He was working with his willingness. Yeah. And Jesus was willing. That's what we have to have. That's what I have to have with you. That's what you have to have with me. That's what we have to have together. And I believe if we'll be willing, God will do something incredible. You know, during this last year, I went through that process of the garden and um, it was difficult. It's the hardest place you get in your life. Yep. But when you surrender, when you yield yourself, that's where the Lord is. And that's the beautiful thing about our relationship is the willingness of our heart to be yielded. Yep. And especially on my part, because I, I, I have to yield myself in order for God to continue to work with me. If I don't, then I'm cut off. Right. Because see, the kingdom is not built around me. This church, this Nor is it built around me. Right. This church isn't built around me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times as a pastor, your ego gets in the way until you realize that you, to follow the pattern of Jesus is to yield yourself to the Father yeah. and say, Lord, not my will be done, but Lord, your will be done. Yeah. And I'm committed to that as Amen. well. 
I'm committed to a willingness. I'm committed to an openness, uh, a sense of humility um, about how our two churches can embrace a common vision. I, I, I pray about that a, a lot, and I know that Jesus will do that in some people's hearts. And it's really okay if it doesn't happen in your heart. As I said at the beginning, the big C church is big. What we all have to be willing to do is to surrender to Jesus wherever we are. So, so grateful to be here with you. We're grateful too. Thanks for, that's, I'm thankful for us being together. And uh, can I pray for you? Yes. Okay. And I'd like to pray for you as well. Um, no matter where you are, if you're sitting in the living room or you're working in the kitchen or maybe you're just listening to this in the car or, or wherever you are, whatever's happening, I want to pray for you. And I want to pray for your willingness to surrender to Jesus. And no matter what's going on around you, that you'd be able to be a calm presence within your home within your friendships, within your neighborhood, within your church, and that you would be willing to believe that Jesus has you in his hands. So let's pray together. Father, we just look to you and we come to you and we, we as we've talked about these ideas, Lord, our heart has opened up. As we've shared together about unity and about humility and about love and about just compassion and caring for one another and those around us. Lord, we want to be those people. Lord, forgive us for being isolated. Forgive us for maybe resisting what you're trying to do. Forgive us for maybe even keeping you at an arm's length. Lord, I pray that for all of us, everybody who's listening to this and watching this right now, we would surrender to you. Surrender to what you're doing. Surrender to new vision. Surrender to your calling. Surrender to your desires. Surrender to an incredible vision that you have for this city and that we would together even in the midst of this chaos, even in the midst of all of our concern and all of the struggle that we're currently living through, Lord, that you have a purpose and we would believe that and we'd embrace it and we'd be full of faith. And so I pray you'd be full of faith right now that God would pour in his heart for what's going on in your family, his heart for what's going on in your city, his heart for what's going on in your church. And Lord, that you would just do your work inside each of one of us, heart surgery, putting us together. I thank you for this. And we receive, we receive this from you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for Pastor Bill. And I pray, Lord, for what's going on in his heart and his life and how he has made his decision <laughs> that he is willing to serve you in whatever capacity you want him in. And so I pray for greater capacity. I pray for greater and, and incredible opportunities that are just ahead for Pastor Bill. 
And I pray, Lord, that you would do something in him that we're, we all have watched over, over the years. Lord, that you do something strong inside of him and he, then he pulls everybody else into it, <laughs> into what you're doing. May that continue, may that increase. And may your blessing be upon him and upon this grouping of people that's been called Austin Cathedral. I thank you for this in Jesus' name, amen. Been great, great, great having you here. You know, and on April the fifth, uh, mm. I'm going to be with you guys. That's right. On live stream. That's right. And um, just to, for all you Austin Cathedral people, we're going to sow, we're going to sow some seed back into the remodel. Mm. And then I said a couple of weeks ago that this morning we're going to get half the tithes, uh, and we may get more, mm. but it's going to be at least five thousand dollars. We're going to sow into your bu- your your budget. That's amazing. Because we, you know. We just want to tell you guys, we're all in. Yeah, we're 100%. So and it's no longer, in my mind, us and them. It's yeah. us. Agreed. We're together. Yeah. And so I'm I, with you. I'm telling people, we're going to start 10 churches. Yeah. And uh, Austin <laughs> Cathedral? Yeah. No, one chapel. <laughs> you know. Yes. And uh, what a great day, it's isn't great. it? So good. And uh, what a wonderful day for us to come to this point. We, yeah. A few months ago, we didn't dream this. But now no. the Lord has brought it to pass, yeah, bringing both the old yeah. And bringing the new. That's yeah. how the kingdom comes. And that's what makes a balanced house yeah. when you have the history, but you, all, but you have the future. Yep. And it, it creates something that's incredible. We like to say around our place, we are rooted in history with room for mystery. Amen. Mystery of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So we bless all of you today. Yep. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you. We just love you so much. See you again next week. Be sure to connect this week. Go to onechapel.com. Start plugging in their connection. Find some friends on Facebook from One Chapel. And uh, oh, it'll be an amazing what God we're does. We're doing a Facebook Live thing every day at noon. Oh, every day at noon. We're doing a Facebook Live prayer meeting, kind of a devotional time, wow, maybe great. some worship. Facebook Live every day at noon, Monday through Friday. You want to join us for that? We would love to Go have Go to One you. Chapel on Facebook? You, 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 yes. One, it's called um, One Chapel Family Facebook Group. Okay. One Chapel Family Facebook Amen. Group. Yeah. You can find that online at onechapel.com as well if you don't know yeah. where to go, but you just Amen. search for it. Darren, you guys lead us. Thank you, Darren and Eric. Let's worship the Lord. God bless you guys.